Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Engineer. In 2014, India adopted the pre-legislative consultation policy mandating that whenever the government makes a law, it must place a draft version of it before the public for at least 30 days. This is important if we are to have a truly participative and responsive democracy and a government that is in tune with what people want. However, the reality is that 227 of the 301 bills introduced in parliament after the policy was introduced were presented without prior consultation of the 74 placed in the public domain at least 40 did not adhere to the 30 day deadline when the policy was introduced civil society organizations thought it would facilitate a vibrant participatory policy making process and enable discourse across stakeholders as well as better realize citizen rights however the attempt at becoming not just a representative but a deliberative democracy has failed to take off why should you as a citizen care stay tuned to find out all indians matter we have on the show arun ps a lawyer and a public policy professional working with policy makers at different levels he has worked with members of the kerala legislative assembly members of parliament industry organizations and government think tanks His academic research interests predominantly lie in enabling a participatory democracy. His blog agav.in.wordpress.com curates public consultation opportunities and tracks the implementation of pre-legislative consultation policy. Welcome to the show, Arun. Hi, Ashraf. Thanks for inviting me. Arun, explain to our listeners what the pre-legislative consultation policy is i wanted to focus on what it means for citizens why should they care about so the pre-legislative consultation policy is a policy that was institutionalized in 2014 that requires the government to place any policies for example a bill or a rule or a regulation any policy should be finalized only after consulting the public for at least a period of 30 days so when they circulate the bill they should also attach the explanatory note on the bill to facilitate easier conversation on the bill so that the citizens understand what are the implications of these bills or policies now why should the citizens care about this because there are policies that impact select set of stakeholders or the public at large where complacency can go wrong in the long run and also the fact that we are now aiming for a better democracy that should shift from a representative to a deliberative active participatory democracy where the citizens are considered as partners so in a democracy where we want the vibrancy to remain citizens should also always strive for participatory mechanisms this is why i believe that citizens should care about the important piece of policy called the legislative consultation policy that's a very important point arun why and how did this policy come about so uh, before 2014 a number of committees had recommended for institutionalization of a, a framework to enable public consultations so two most important or three most important committees were one the justice venkata chalaya committee for review of working of the constitution that was constituted during the ab bajpayee government they submitted the report in 2002 and then followed by the administrative reforms commission they submitted the report in probably 2009 or 10 i don't exactly remember the date and then there was a national advisory council led by sonia gandhi they submitted 
the report in 2013. This uh, National Advisory Council is important because uh, the council, even though controversial for the for being called a super government, had members of civil society, eminent members of civil society like Arna Rai and other eminent members who contributed immensely to the social rights framework. And this policy was a result. The policy document clearly mentions the recommendations of NAC and the Venkata Chalaya Commission as the reason for finalization of this policy. So this is a brief about how this policy came into place. Actually, let me repeat that, Arun. So if a draft law is placed in the public domain, how can citizens have a say in its final form? Could you explain the mechanism of it? So I'll give you how I proceed when I see a draft law. So for example, in 2019, the Kerala Legislative Assembly Committee on Farmers Welfare Fund Board Bill 2019 circulated the bill for public consultation. Now, I read the copy of the bill and see if there are any comments that I want to make. So, I saw that the bill is proposing a committee that will aim at farmers' welfare. But what I personally felt was there are certain things in the uh, terminologies in the bill that are not gender neutral. Two, there was no, no women member or a SCST member in the committee that was proposed. So I, along with other recommendations, I focused on this particular part and submitted a clause-wise comments. So imagine there are 10 clauses in the bills. I ensure that each clause is highlighted. And I clearly say which clause I want to change along with the change that I want. So clearly said what exactly should be the replacement in the bill. And as a result, when the, the policymakers incorporated the change, they were happy to include the gender just terminologies as well as the inclusion of women and SCST members. I've noticed that when you submit uh, suggestions to policymakers during the public consultation, there are chances that they incorporate the changes. And especially when it is in their favor or it doesn't affect what they want to see in the policy. So this is broadly how I look as a participant of the policy processes. So whenever there is a window of opportunity, we should try to make the job of the policymaker easy with pinpointed suggestions. And there are high chances that it could influence the policy process. Sure, but Varun, how does the mechanism work? Is it done online, for example, when a new draft law is ready? Do they place it online and how do the citizens then participate? So in most cases, the consultations are currently online where the bill is circulated on the website of the department or say if it is a legislature process, the legislative assembly's website or Lok Sabha or Rajya Sabha considering uh, the fact that a lot of parliamentary committees are also circulating the bill for comments. So most of the procedures are online currently, which is in a way elitist and biased. But currently, yeah, uh, it is online and there'll be a mail ID for submission of comments. There'll be a deadline for submission of comments. And some people specifically ask the people submitting comments to indicate whether they would want to present their views before the committee or before the government. So this is mostly the mechanism. Right. Arun, from the numbers I said earlier, it seems like the policy has failed. Why do you think that has happened? Okay. So one I would say is the enforcement of this policy policy is difficult. So had it been a law, 
like an act or a constitutional provision saying this is a right of citizens to participate in law making it would have been much easier going to the court saying my right has been violated but a number of cases where the policy has been violated and people and activists went to court court has taken an evasive approach saying they cannot intervene in policy decisions some decisions have been in favor in limited cases but that has been exception but mostly it has been in a evasive mode because of the nature of the policy framework that we have so it is in such nature that there is no punitive or corrective measure available there is no punishment on the part of the bureaucracy if they decide to evade this responsibility and also because of the fact that there is kind of no sense of responsibility on the part of bureaucracy i guess so the, i'll quote an example there's a website called mygov.in of the government of india which was started to promote participatory democracy ideally they should be doing exclusively what the pre-legislative consultation policy is aiming at but i'd say that hardly 5% of the bill circulated by the government of india is placed in the website of mygov.in and instead of focusing on the policy consultation they are focusing on logo designing competitions and tagline designing competitions and god knows what so the very purpose or the idea behind promotion of this policy or that sense of ownership is missing in the whole cycle of policy from the policy maker side which probably is not helping the citizens Arun, what are some of the important pieces of legislation that have been tabled without consultation and which impacted people deeply? So, there have been a number of instances. Say, for example, in 2014, February was when this policy was finalized. And in the end of 2014, the Land Acquisition Amendment Bill was introduced into Parliament, which was to give huge powers to the government in transfer of land for any number of purposes which resulted in a major outcry and protest across the country which resulted in again cancellation of the bill but the way in which it was introduced in the parliament and then there was repeated number of ordinances promulgation of ordinances on the part of central government which kind of questioned how the government wants to proceed on this particular aspect so this was one of the first major bill that went to parliament without public consultation then we have had a number of instances for example say rta amendment bill uh, 2019 which decided the salaries and provisions of rti functionaries and then for example the kashmiri organization bill that was introduced and passed in a single day that was not subjected to pre-legislative consultation then the contentious now repealed farm laws that was not subject to consultations triple talaq bill which was unnecessary was introduced and passed in the parliament without consultation then the reason one aadhar linking to voter id bill again introduced and passed without consultation so there have been a number of instances where citizens and stakeholders and states have been affected drastically by the policy measures taken by the government and this could have been averted had there been a proper pre-legislative consultation process for example the farmers bill most of the state government said that it falls in its state government territory and center should not have made the law in first instance and there should have been some kind of a consultation that 
should have preceded the process so i guess the whole discussion on consultations got more limelight because of the farmers bill where even the supreme court during one of the hearings on the farmers law asked the center as to why they are going ahead with ill conceived laws that are introduced without proper consultations in fact all these laws that you mentioned are critical and do affect people deeply i just before i move on to the next question very quick what about the ca nrc policies that were introduced was there any pre consultation on that so ca is a tricky thing because technically they released the bill in a different diluted form in 2015 december in the indian citizenship online.nic.in website the problem with this is that only people who are seeking citizenship in india would check this website it is not a website that any random indian would regularly check hmm? so technically it was circulated for consultation but it was not publicized the way it should have been publicized so i'll say it is a tricky question and if you ask me yes or no the bill was circulated but it was not circulated the way it should have been considering the nature of the amendment that it was right and uh, arun in keeping with that how was the bypassing of this pre legislative consultation policy impact our rights for example you mentioned the lok sabha passed the rti amendment bill 2019 it is by and large thought that amendment diluted a pioneering rights instrument so there are a number of cases where like the individual legislations have impacted the rights of say individual states stakeholders business groups and etc so for example the farmers law impacted the all three farmers law put together impacted the rights and freedom of farmers and states put together say for example the proposed environment impact assessment notification in 2020 is going to have a huge impact on how uh, environment is protected and how projects clearances will work and all and then there are a number, like for example the electricity amendment bill that is proposed is completely diluting the power of states in a number of cases including the appointment of state related in charges for electricity regulatory mechanisms so different bills have had different impacts but in most cases where consultation has not happened has impacted the rights of individuals a select set of stakeholders be it religious be it sectarian be it state or be it a particular set of business groups or whatever it is there have been instances around of how effective the pre legislative consultation policy can be when it is implemented for example there's a kerala police legislation there's a land acquisition bill of 2013 lokpal bill of 2011 etc could you talk a little bit about that so when the 2014 policy was finalized a lot of civil society members referred to the kerala police legislation bill as the model that the government should be following so what happened during the kerala police act finalization is that so somewhere during 2005 or 6 the supreme court laid down police reforms guidelines in the prakash singh versus union of india case so states were expected to kind of come up with their state police laws based on the guidelines after undertaking extensive consultations so kerala government constituted a police act review committee and there was a kerala law reforms commission headed by former late justice krishnayar and these two committee deliberations resulted in a police bill which was uploaded in the kerala police 
website for public comments. Now, the Kerala Home Ministry, after incorporating the suggestions that they received, placed the bill in the Legislative Assembly, which was referred to 19-member Select Committee. And the Select Committee circulated the bill for public comments and organized consultation meetings in like almost all the district headquarters, where uh, a number of uh, organizations working exclusively on uh, police reforms like CHRA, Commonwealth Health, uh, Human Rights Initiative and Asia Human Rights Initiative, they actively engaged with the committee and suggested class-wise changes. And when the committee submitted their recommendations and when the final bill was passed by the legislature, there was almost like 240 changes from the initial version of the bill that was presented in the legislature, which means that there has been a lot of effort put into how civil society can influence the policy-making mechanism. So this is how uh, the Kerala police consultation was. And moving on to the land acquisition bill, a result of the deliberations of the National Advisory Council headed by Sonia Gandhi, there was, they deliberated with experts and came up with a draft bill which was forwarded to the government of India. And in the start of July 2011, Mr. Jairam Ramesh, who was heading the Department of Rural Development, circulated the draft bill for Cummins. And in September, the bill was introduced in Parliament and then referred to a committee headed by an opposition member, Sumitra Mahajan. And they believed that whatever consultation that has happened in the bill is inadequate and circulated the bill for consultation again and incorporated the suggestions and submitted a report in May 2012. And in March 2013, the government incorporated the suggestions of the committee, the parliamentary committee, and placed another amended version of the bill, which was subjected to serious debate in Lok Sabha and Rajya Sabha, where I guess at least like four suggestions recommended by the opposition members were accepted by the government in the parliament. And then the final version was adopted by the parliament, which shows like how constructive opposition and civil society participation can influence a yeah, policy. And a great example of a deliberative democracy at work, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So similar was the case of Lokpal Bill, even though the civil society members feel that the final piece that became law had diluted the spirit of Lokpal, it significantly had some extensive level of deliberations where the deliberation committee had members like eminent members of civil society like Anna Hazari, Arvind Kedruwal, Prashant Bhushan, etc. So all these cases are quoted as, cited as an examples of how participatory processes can improve the quality of legislations. So Arun, what can be done to make things right now, given the fact that the policy itself has actually not performed the way that you would like it to? Okay, so uh, when the pre-legislative consultation policy was finalized, there were certain recommendations in the policy that required the government to amend the procedures of cabinet, procedures of manual of parliamentary procedures, Lok Sabha procedures and Rajya Sabha procedures, which didn't happen. Now, had it happened, there would have been some person in the Lok Sabha or some person in the Rajya Sabha, some person in the cabinet secretariat who could have said, okay, this process has not been complied. This is against the cabinet procedure rules or manual of parliamentary procedures. Please comply with it. But that did not happen. We just have that one piece of pre-legislative consultation policy, which uh, on being ignored cannot be enforced through 
like different external agencies. Like way in which it can be enforced is very limited because external agencies tend not to influence the policies and decisions of the government. So what can be done right now is probably say ask the mygov.in people to kind of instruct or request all the governments when they circulate the bills ask them to circulate the copies to mygov.in so that almost everything is available on a single repository which currently is missing for example if i'm a person who is interested in public consultations and want to participate in public consultations i'll have to check hundreds of government websites to see whether they have released something for consultation it was very difficult for a policy advocacy person to track the development that is one of the reasons why i started the blog for curating public consultation opportunities now on a policy point of view i'd say that there should be amendments in the procedures of lok sabha rajya sabha manual of parliamentary procedures cabinet etc in addition to which we need a statute say a right to citizens to participate in law making act or say a constitutional amendment that gives the citizen a right to participate in law making which can be enforced in the court of law easily when compared to a pre legislative consultation policy 2014 this i personally think would be a better choice and there are certain moves in this lines recently opposition member ncp member supriya sule introduced a private member bill in parliament that wants to institutionalize pre legislative consultation policy in some form but the chances of it becoming a law is rare in india because in india private member legislations do not get passed in most cases right around two very quick questions uh, one is is this the pre consultative uh, policy valid only at the union level or is it also valid at the state level do states have to do it so this policy is applicable only to the union government and states in the current scenario are not really doing it some states are doing for example karnataka has issued an order saying that any law any policy related to ease of doing business should have a prior consultation with business stakeholders and other than that i have not really noticed any pre legislative consultation mandating policy instruments rajasthan is trying something and arnrai and other civil society activists are also trying for a transparency and accountability law that has pre legislative consultation as a mandate under that law but other than that there has not been a major discussion on the pre legislative consultation aspect in the state levels currently right and have questions ever been raised about the policies non implementation and if yes uh, what has been the government's response so the question of non implementation has been raised in multiple forums multiple times so in parliament there has been at least like 5 to 10 questions uh, about the non implementation of the policy uh, the government's response has been evasive saying for example this policy does not have any social cost so we are not mandatorily required to consult public and in the court also like multiple cases i guess the central vista case the court said that we do not have a structured policy for pre legislative consultation and then there was a case in 2016 where supreme court said that india should have a law similar to the us administrative procedure act details as to how rule making should happen in the us like very structured consultation process so the court said that we should also consider creating a law for 
facilitating consultations, which did not happen for obvious reasons. So this has been the kind of response from the government and other institutions that could have had the government checked, but did not happen. Arun, here's the core, really, of what we are discussing today. Why is citizen participation in lawmaking essential to our freedoms? So I'll cite an example of what happened during the TRI, Telecom Regulatory Authorities, net neutrality consultation. So when the TRI proposed net neutrality idea in 2016 or 15, the way in which it was proposed was hindering the rights of internet users. So a lot of activists, civil society organizations tried to campaign against the proposed uh, reforms and suggested alternative to what uh, could be the net neutrality regime in India. And uh, I guess more than 10 lakh people participated in the campaign that was peer-hunted by Save the Internet.in campaign that was also supported by YouTube channels like All India Bakchur. So as a result, the try incorporated the changes and came up with one of the most progressive net neutrality regulations in the world. So one is we can keep a check on very serious policies if we are regularly participating in the policy decision-making process. Two, it brings transparency and accountability on the part of the government. This will ensure that you are not a random subject of a king, but you are a partner in the decision-making process. Three, uh, in addition to the better laws and transparency, this becomes an informed decision-making process. Like the stakeholders would know what would be better for them. For example, the Transgender uh, Act that was finalized by India has been condemned by the transgender community, saying it does not really understand or address their concerns, even though technically we have a transgenders act. Now, for that to happen, you need to do proper consultation with the set of stakeholders that are going to be affected by the law. So, informed decision-making is also another important facet of participatory policy-making process. Arun, tell us about the work that you do. So I am currently involved in influencing policy decisions as a citizen and as an advocacy in charge for an industry organization in Kerala. In addition to that, I kind of, I'm involved in activities that, that aid the implementation of pre-legislative consultation policy. I curate this blog called uh, gov.in. Uh, .in.wordpress.com where I personally visit multiple websites and curate all the consultation opportunities that I get to know. There may be many which probably won't get featured in the Google search results or otherwise. So I try to kind of be that bridge between citizens and government. And I wish to kind of in, uh, facilitate the engagement in some form or the other by probably training citizens to become active citizens in some way or the other in the future. So Arun, here's a question I ask all my guests at the end of the conversation. Why do you do this work? I've always been fascinated by the idea of participatory democracy. My idea about citizenship has evolved over the period of time. I was initially very fascinated when I voted for the first time. But then after that, that fascination came down because I was 
nowhere involved in the whole process for probably another set of two, three years when another Lok Sabha election or so that gap bothered me. And that is when I saw the pre-legislative consultation policy. And I was very fascinated. The initial reports when the, fa- the policy came and all were very interesting. So, but that then the slowly the gap between the policy and its implementation started bothering me. And then I started exploring the possibilities in which I can probably take part in this discourse. And I participated in multiple policy consultations at state and central level. And to an extent, I've been happy with the outcome that has positively influenced a lot of people. And I hope to do that in the future also. Arun, thank you for this eye-opener of a conversation. Citizens' rights are slowly eroding and this policy could be one way of preserving them. I feel more people should participate in the policy-making discourse and there are multiple windows available for you to influence public policy processes. Definitely, you should participate in the these consultations and try influence the policy decisions as an informed citizen. Thanks so much, Arun. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-M-A-T-E-R.in for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-E-R and All Indians Count that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in Catch you again soon. <laughs>